We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, it's Brent again, back with another episode of Listen, Watch, Discuss, the podcast where I talk about TV shows, movies, music, and what's new in the entertainment industry. Um, so yeah, uh, tonight I will be reviewing Avatar The Last Airbender and its sequel series, The Legend of Korra. Uh, without further ado, let's start off with Avatar. So I started watching Avatar back in May because that's when Netflix... Uh, dropped it. They dropped it on their streaming service in May of this year. And I had been hearing, I had heard, you know, really great things about it um, throughout the years. Uh, you know, and I believe when I was little, I had, I've se- I'd seen maybe a couple clips, maybe an episode or two. But, you know, I, I didn't really, if I had, it was like very, very minimal. You know, like I, I I'd barely seen anything from the show. But I did remember back when it was first airing, everyone loved it and everyone talked about it. And um, and years later, people still, you know, throughout the sh- throughout the, uh, you know, the last ten, no, twelve years, because it's been over for twelve years. For the last twelve years, people have, you know, it's still a, you know, the fandom is still very active and very, you know, involved with, you know, everything going on with the show. Well, I mean, when I say everything going on, I mean like just you know when it got to, and when it comes to like watching the show and engaging in conversation about the show you know drawing fan art writing fan fiction you know all that you know uh it still has a very active fan base in other words um but i say i'd say that uh when netflix dropped it back in may they definitely it definitely sparked an even more of a resurgence in its popularity um than it already had, kind of, you know, um, and definitely it it sparked an interest in people who hadn't even seen the show yet, uh, because every time, like every time I went on Reddit and uh, YouTube and everything, and you know I was watching clips and reading comments uh, from posts on Reddit and YouTube, everyone was saying, "Oh yeah, I haven't seen this show, but now that Netflix has added it, I think I'm going to watch it." And then all the, <laughs> then all all the fans uh, who you know, had been there since the beginning who, or who had, have, or or who have had watched it previously were like, oh yeah, you're going to love it. It's great. Um, and I was one of those people because I watched it in May, um, when Netflix dropped it, uh, I watched all three seasons (laughs) I finished it in June. Uh, so I, it took me about a month, maybe a month and a week. I finished it, uh, June 8th, I believe. And uh, ever, no, they weren't kidding. It really is, in my opinion, one of the, and, and a lot of other people's opinions too. It's definitely one of the best shows of all time, uh, cartoon or otherwise, but it definitely is, you know, one of the best cartoons of all time and one of the best, uh, Nick cartoons of all time or Nicktoons for short. Uh, and you know, it. um, I'm, I'm glad I finally, you know, it, some good, even though a lot of, you know, crazy, insane shit has happened this year, <laughs> it's safe to say that, you know, there have, has been some good stuff to come out of this year, you know, not everything, you know, I mean, cause everyone likes to be pessimistic and say, oh, well, you know, this year has been terrible and it hasn't, it definitely hasn't been the best year, but there have, has been some good that's come out of this year. 
And one of the and you know one of the things good that's come out of it is it's given people a lot of time to, it's freed up everyone's schedule to watch more shows. You know, discover new shows that they hadn't watched before, or might not have thought about watching before because they you know didn't know if it would interest them or they maybe didn't have the time. You know, um, and it's a yeah, it's definitely. I'm glad I definitely. Uh, I'm glad I decided to watch it. So. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender um, is uh, was created by Michael Dante, DiMartino, and Brian, I know I'm going to butcher this, Conan, Konietzko, Konietzko. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for anyone who knows how to pronounce his last name, and if I butchered it wrong, I apologize for that. Uh, any Avatar fans who are listening, or if Brian ever listens to this, I apologize in advance. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was created by them, and it aired on Nickelodeon for three seasons, from February 2005 to July of 2008. And basically, Avatar is set in an Asia-type world, uh, in which some people uh, some people can manipulate one of the four elements. Um uh, what what they call bending. That's what they call it. Uh, they can either bend water, earth, fire, or air. And, um, and some people don't, you know, there, there are some like regular humans who, who are non-benders who can't bend the elements, but it's, it's probably about half and half. Um, but there's this one person who, um, who has been there since the beginning of time called the avatar. And, uh, every, when an avatar dies, they regenerate, um, or they, or, uh, they die, or, sorry, when the body of the avatar dies, he or she, you know, the body, you know, dies just like anybody, but the, the soul, um, its spirit goes on and into a new host, like, or it goes on into a new body, goes into a newborn baby. And then that baby grows up and becomes the next avatar. So basically the avatar reincarnates every time um he or she dies, which is pretty cool. And um and, but they can bend all four elements unlike everyone else. And it's their duty to like restore balance to the world or just or just keep the world in peace, you know, try to you know, yeah, try to be a keeper of the peace, you know, try to make sure none of the four nations are attacking each other <laughs> in any way or you know, Stuff like that. Um, but unfortunately, the Fire Nation uh, has attacked the other three nations um, and the war and in an event called the Hundred Year War. It's been going on for the last hundred years. And the Fire Nation has like a very tight grip on all the other nations of the world. And the uh, and one day um, the the newest avatar, Avatar Ain. Uh, is found by these two water tribe uh, kids, um, Sokka and Katara, and they they find him. He's frozen in ice. He's like he's like twelve years old. He's just frozen in ice with a giant flying sky bison, and, and you know, and part of the and there's a good mystery too because you're like, you know, it already it it already kind of intrigues you within the first episode because you're like, well, how did he get? Why is he frozen in ice? You know, why has he been gone? so long because, uh, we find out, uh, but yeah, but basically they free him and, uh, and Ain, his name's Ain, by the way, 
uh, Avatar Ain, along with Katara, Sokka, and a few other characters we meet a lot as they as the journey goes, as the show goes, uh, band together to uh, form Team Avatar and fight the Fire Nation and hopefully take down their big bad leader, Fire Lord Ozai, uh, before he conquers the world. And you know, and they and they're trying to stop him from, you know. Uh, taking over everything or destroying everything. (laughs) And, um, and yeah, so that's basically, that's the basic plot. Um, but yeah, like I said, it sets up, you're already intrigued from the first episode because you're like, you want to know more about this world and how it works. Um, because like I said, not only, yeah, not only are there these people who can bend, but you've got the avatar who can bend all four and, you know, you, you kind of want to know some more about, you know, some of the past avatars, like, what were they like? Who were they? You know, what, you know, what trials and tribulations did they have to go through? You know, how was the world different when they were around, you know? And, um, and not only that, but you have this like budding romance between Aang and Katara, the water tribe girl. Um, and, you know, which is very sweet and, uh, (laughs) it's a very well developed, uh, romance. And, um, and then you have Sokka, who's kind of the, like, okay, like, basically, Sokka's, uh, he's the jokester of the group. Katara's kind of the motherly one, who's, you know, her and Sokka kind of, you know, as brothers and sisters often do, they kind of bicker and fight, but, you know, at the end of the day, they still love each other. Um, and Ain's the peacemaker, he's, uh, since he's an Air Nation, he's an Air Nomad, uh, from the Air Nation, they're, they were more peaceful. His people were more peaceful. And uh, he doesn't want to, you know, like like throughout, like throughout a, a conflict throughout the show is that he doesn't want to, you know, like have to kill the Fire Lord if he doesn't want to. I mean, he has to stop him, but he's, he tries to find a more peaceful way to end the problem, you know, to instead of just like taking his life, you know. Because every, everyone throughout the show is like, no, you got to kill him, you got to do it. And he's like, I don't know if I can do it. Um, so, you know, so that, that's a really good, um, part of the story right there. It's a really good part of, part of Ayn's character development is having to come to terms with, he might have to do something drastic, but at the same time, not having to resort to, you know, to doing something drastic, you know, he's trying to walk a fine line between, you know, doing what's right for the world and setting everyone free and, um, but, you know, also not having to kill if it's not necessary. Um, oh, and also another uh, plot in the show is uh, the Fire Lord's son, uh, Zuko, and Zuko's uncle Iroh um, are banished uh, from the Fire Nation. At first, we don't know why. and um, But they're banished, and uh, Zuko's quest, at least for the first season, is trying to capture the av- Avatar and bring him to his father so um, his honor will be restored, you know, in his father's eyes. Um, and when you find out, and and also there's some more excellent backstory involving Zuko and his uncle um, and, you know, and his, uh, and Zuko's father, Ozai. And uh, you find that out as you go throughout season one. Um, and, and then in season two, we find out that Zuko has a sister well, actually, we find out in the season one finale, but she becomes a villain sort of in season two, Azula, and um, 
and you know she's kind of like a side well she's kind of a main villain but um but the main villain throughout the show is Ozai because Zuko uh becomes you know actually I should say this yeah Zuko's character development is perhaps like one of the best examples of a bad guy turned good guy I've ever seen in any show like it's it's very believable it's very well paced and well handled it and it's very it's very believable in other words um and especially when you find out why he wants to why he wants to please his father so badly like when you find out the reason behind his motives and who his father is and who his sister is you know you 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 kind of you begin to sympathize with him and and then he starts you know kind of becoming you know he he kind of starts to realize maybe this isn't worth it you know and then he joins and then um I, I may be getting into spoilers right here so um and I will for the legend of Korra uh later when I uh review it um uh, coming up so uh be be care- be wary of that this is where the spoilers begin uh <laughs> but when when Zuko later joins uh team avatar um they're you know they're struggling to accept him at first because you know they're you know they're they're like well you know you you tried to have us killed like several times you know why should we believe you and um and part of his uh character development um or part of part of like uh, what makes his character development even better is his uncle because his uncle is despite having been kind of this genocidal uh, dictator in his past. He's like a really sweet, really nice guy who he, he, I mean, he saw the error of his ways and because of that he was banished and, uh, along with his son who, um, was banished because he refused to fight his father, um, in this, uh, duel called Agni Kai. And he refused to, uh, he, he basically, he, what he did was he interrupted a meeting a fire a fire nation meeting and his father because of this decided to uh you know declare agni kai on his son you know fight him but zuko refused to fight him so ozai being the lovable father he is decided to burn half of his face <laughs> like he he literally grabs his face and burns like uh is it the right side or left it sometimes it i think it's the right side but he he burns like w- uh, one half of his face and kicks him and Iroh out and says, hey, I'm only going to let you back in if you find the Avatar because he's been gone for so long. Like I said, Ain was frozen in ice. Um, so uh, you go find the Avatar, bring him to me, and you'll have your honor back. You'll have your honor restored. Uh, and Iroh can come back too. So, and you know, and then when you find out uh, <laughs> more about Azula too, you know, it just, you realize that Zuko isn't, as bad as he appears to be, you know, he's just, he's kind of just a misunderstood, you know, teenager who was raised in a really bad household with a really shitty dad and, and equally shitty sister. <laughs> and, um, but uncle Iroh and Zuko's relationship is nice. You know, like he's, he's a really wise old uncle who's like, who's just really calm and relaxed and you know, he just gives up, he just radiates wisdom and kindness, like wherever he goes, even, even in season one, when Zuko's kind of an ass to him, <laughs> doesn't really treat him that well. He's still nice. And he just sits, sits and drinks his tea and spouts wisdom. And, um, 
but yeah, so, but uh, along with all these characters, you know, we also have Toth. She joins in season two. She's, uh, this blind, um, now she's, she's probably one of the best characters in the show. I mean, they're all great, but, uh, Toph especially is fantastic. She's this little earthbender girl who's blind, but, um, she uses, uh, she never wears shoes. And the reason why is because she can sense movements and where people are and kind of a, a somewhat of a semblance of what they look like if she's barefoot touching the ground. So, and, and that's why she never wears shoes. So she can kind of get like, you know, uh, like, so she can get an upper hand on her enemies, you know? Um, and I think that's cool because, you know, it's rare, especially in a show, you know, aimed for kids. I mean, you know, even if adults do watch it, you know, it was aimed for kids cause it was on Nickelodeon, but, but a show aimed at kids, it's, you know, especially neat to see a character with a disability where it's not really seen as, you know, oh, this is terrible. This is, this is bad. You know, like, like they don't take pity on Toph. And that's what I love. Like it, it's very rare where, I mean, it, it, no, it's not, not that it's very rare. It's like almost non-existent where like her, her being blind is a problem. And, and, <laughs> and like none of the other characters make a big deal about it. They're just like, oh, she's blind. And, and what's funny too, is that they make, uh, and what I like about this too, is they make jokes about Toph being blind, but they're not at the, they're not at her expense. Like the jokes, whenever they make a joke about Toph, it's usually the fact that they forgot that she's blind. <laughs> like, um, like there's this one scene in season two where they're, uh, flying through, th- through the desert and Sokka's like, Oh, Hey, look, Toph, look at all this. Uh, look, look at where we're at. And she's like, yeah, I can't see Remember? <laughs> and, uh, and Sokka's like, oh yeah, I, whoops. <laughs> and, uh, but there's just a lot of moments like that where they make joke and they're all hilarious too, especially since Toph's kind of like a, a tough, not cranky, but like tough, um, somewhat, yeah, I guess, I guess tough's the right word, a tough kid, um, who doesn't take crap from anyone and, um, and she's just, she's a great character. Uh, but she's, um, She's Ayn's teacher, uh, uh, and she teaches him airbending uh, when they when she joins the group. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, all of the all of this and all of these other and there's a, way more characters that I could talk about. Um, there's uh, May, Ty Lee, uh, Suki, um, Jet, um, but you know, but if if I went into everything about the show and talked about all of the characters we'd be here all night. So, but just know that, um, uh, it's a, it's a great show that's very well paced. It ran just, you know, for just the perfect amount of time, three seasons, like 20 episodes a season. And, and the finale was just like this big epic movie. It was like one whole episode. I mean, it was like, it was like, uh, it was like an hour and a half long episode and it wrapped up everything perfectly. I mean, there were a few unanswered questions, but they were kind of left up to interpretation as to what would happen. But for, but like I said, for the most part, everything was wrapped up flawlessly. And, um, and when I finished it, I was just left thinking like, wow, this was, that was a really great ending. Like I, I applaud you show, you know, that was just really well thought out and well executed. And, um, and and I was sad when I finished because I'm like, well, I, I, I don't know what to do now. 
And then I found out that um, The Legend of Korra was coming to Netflix. And uh, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I guess, because I knew that that was the sequel show. Um, but, you know, like with Avatar, I had never seen it. Uh, so I decided um, when it uh, premiered, or when Netflix dropped it back in August, I'm like, okay, I'll start it and um, and see what I think. And, um, and you know what I think? I think it is almost as good. It's not as good as Avatar, but it's, it's pretty close. If I had to, and I'm not going to uh, say the rating until the end, but if I had to rate the difference between them, like the, uh, the legend of Korra would be like half a point under Avatar. Like it's like, it's almost on the same, to me, it's almost on the same level of greatness as, uh, Avatar as its predecessor. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, The Legend of Korra is about, uh, well, Korra, the next avatar after Aang, and, uh, she's born, well, technically, well, okay, it takes place, like, uh, 70, 80 years after, uh, Aang's time, you know, he's, he's been dead for at least 20 years, or roughly 20 years, maybe 18, 19 years, and, uh, Korra, who's, uh, a teenager, um, unlike Aine, <laughs> you know, she's like 18, 19, she is, um, a water tribe, uh, person, and also I should, uh, say this, each, uh, avatar that, um, comes into the world is born of a different nation, so, like, uh, for example, the, the cycle, the, the four, like, each nation, uh, is represented once by an avatar, and then it goes through the cycle again, okay, so, like, Korra's a water, water tribe, uh, Ain, her predecessor, um, the avatar before her, um, was, air, uh, an air nomad, um, the avatar before Ain, uh, was from the Fire Nation, uh, Roku, and then before him, we had an Earth, uh, Kingdom warrior, uh, or an Earth Kingdom avatar, uh, Kiyoshi, uh, which she's badass too, we've, we find out some more about her in, or we find out some about her in the past avatars in, you know, the, uh, first series avatar, but, uh, but going back to Korra, uh, so yeah, so she's a water tribe girl. She's mastered almost all of the elements except for air. And luckily Ain and Katara had kids, um, after they got together and, uh, they had three to be exact, but the one who's, uh, there to teach her about airbending is Ain's son, the no nonsense having Tenzin. <laughs> Uh, who is uh, voiced by J.K. Simmons and does a really great job. Uh, I love J.K. Simmons. He's a great actor, great voice actor. It was great to have him in the show. Um, and it was... And and he's really good, too. Uh, oh, yeah, I also forgot to mention, uh, the, Sh- the Legend of Korra ran from April 14th, 2012 to December 19th, 2014. Um, my bad, forgot to mention that. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so um, she's trained or she's, um, being trained by Tenzin, and while she's being trained by him, she, uh, befriends, uh, Mako and Bolin, two brothers, uh, Mako's a firebender, and Bolin is an earthbender, and, um, and they live in, oh, and then she befriends Asami, this, uh, this girl who's the, uh, daughter of a, who's the, the daughter of this very rich guy who, uh, who owns this company called Future Industries, this, uh, tech, um, this tech company that builds all these types of machines and everything. And, um, 
and basically the show is just following her and her friends, uh, the next team avatar, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and Tenzin and her parents, you know, I mean, we, you know, we get a lot of side characters, probably even more in, in this show than we did in Avatar. Um, especially more that, you know, follow along on the journey, you know, um, but, uh, we, it basically just follows her, you know, trying to, uh, be the avatar in a world that, you know, has been used to having an avatar for so long. Cause, cause, uh, one uh, difference between this and avatar, uh, or this show and avatar, the last airbender was that in avatar, um, the Avatar, or a.k.a. Aang, had been gone for a hundred years. You know, no one knew where he went. He had just, you know, up and vanished to them. But really, he just, you know, he got frozen in ice, you know. <laughs> and we don't, and, you know, it, it, I mean, he was running away from his responsibility because he felt like it was too much of a burden to bear, you know, with him being 12 years old and all. Um, But, you know, and, uh, but with Korra, like she, like where Aang was like peaceful and, you know, kind of skeptical of, like, you know, or k- kind of skeptical of, like, you know, killing. Not, I mean, not saying, like, Korra's a killer, but, like, she's more determined, she's more confident, and she's more willing to, like, you know, jump into action and, like, defeat her opponent, you know, uh, whoever that may be, than, than Ayn is. Ayn was more of a pacifist, is more of a, um, you know, is more of a fighter, she's more of a free spirit, you know, like, she's more of a, (laughs) and, uh, she's, she's tougher, you know, um, and that's, and that's what I love, too, is that, that they're not the exact same character, I love how they didn't just copy and paste Aang, you know, into Korra, you know, like, I I mean, she's a complete, she's her own person, despite being the Avatar, you know, and, and I love that, um, but yeah, and, uh, one thing I do think that The Legend of Korra does better than, uh, Avatar is the animation, and, th- and that makes sense considering the fact that The Legend of Korra premiered four years after Avatar ended. And, um, but the animation's just really fluid and really well, you know, animated, <laughs> for, a ba- for a lack of a better word. And um, it's just, uh, it's just, it's beautiful to look at it in, in, in certain parts. And Avatar was too. I mean, the, the backgrounds were very well detailed and, you know, the character movements, while maybe a little, not choppier, but like maybe a little less fluid, still looked pretty good. I mean, it still was animated very well. This this is definitely animated way more fluidly, though, and, and you know, it, you can tell the budget. There's a little bit more of a budget, especially with, like, scenes in Republic City where there's this, um, where, you know, there's some CG, clearly some usage of CGI, but they blend it well with the... Um, you know, with the 2D animation. Um, and I also love too, um, if I may compare and contrast the two some more, (laughs) I love that in the legend of Korra, the, the fact that, like I said, obviously there had to have been a time skip for there to be a next avatar, you know, because Korra couldn't exist without Aang having passed. Um, but I love how in the amount of time that's passed, how much different the world of the legend of Korra is versus, the world of Avatar, um, because in Avatar, uh, you know, it was, like I said, it was set in an Asia type world and Korra is too, but I mean, it was set, but Avatar is set like in an old, like Asia type world. And really like the only technology that there is, is the fire nation. And all they have really are blimps, you know, but they're like, 
they're like World War One blimps. They're like like really old school style blimps, um, and you know they but they don't really have that much more technology. I mean, you know, they like they have some tanks and stuff, but they're not like they're not too high tech, you know, like and everywhere else. And, you know, because, like I said, the Fire Nation had such a grip on um, the other nations of the world. None of the other nations really had access to any technology. They couldn't really develop any more than they could because of, you know, the, you know, overbearing presence of, you know, the Fire Nation. But uh, but when when we skip 80 years later to Korra, you can see from the first episode when Korra goes to Republic City, um, you know, you can see like it look it looks like like San Francisco and New York City. It looks like all those all the cities we have now. Um, but there's just like it looks like a modern city. And the technology is funny because it's uh, advanced to like 1920s and maybe a little bit more. Uh because we see the automobiles, like they have like old school type cars, uh, like the, um, old Ford looking cars and, um, uh, and they have, um, and they have like more advanced blimps than, uh, than they did in Avatar. And, uh, you know, they've got this huge bridge that goes across the lake in the city, like to the mainland of the city. And there's this giant statue of Ain, and it's just, you can just see how much technology has developed in the last 80 years and it's 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 a nice breath of fresh air compared to avatar i mean like it's nice that it's not it's nice that the setting has changed as well along with you know like the the avatar itself and the characters you know we're following it's nice that the setting has changed as well and uh it's cool to see uh more advanced technology um in you know that this show compared to Avatar. Um, but, but yeah, like I said, not all, uh, and also they have, uh, the radio and they have phones and like every time, uh, like there's this, uh, sport called pro bending, um, which is kind of, I don't know. It's kind of, it's set in an arena. So it's kind of like wrestling, but it's, it's like, it's like wrestling mixed with boxing mixed with, well, bending, bending the elements. (laughs) And, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty badass sport. It's pretty cool. Um, we, we could see that a lot in the first season, but, um, but we see, we see that and, uh, and every time, like the announcer, the sports announcer, uh, every time he talks, uh, it, he sounds like those old school, uh, radio announcers, you know, he talks in this really high pitched voice, you know, oh, hey, look, the fire ferrets are down by two points, you know, what are they going to do? You know, they better not step off the edge, they better not fall off the edge. I got to get the leverage back, you know, like, like he talks in that kind of high, up, high pitched voice that radio announcers back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, I guess maybe even 50s too, uh talked in. And, and, you know, the reason why was because like the microphones were, I think, more sensitive back then. But, um, but it's just, it, it gives the show like more of an identity and makes it stand out more than its predecessor. Uh, you know, the setting, I mean, the setting, the the more fluid animation, the characters, you know, you just get a sense of, oh yeah, this is set in the, like, you get a sense that, yeah, this is set in the world of Avatar, like it's in the same universe, but it, but it's still its own thing. Like we're continuing the story of Avatar, but with a new Avatar, you know, we're focusing on new characters, new location, new technology, you know, and, uh, 
and also I I uh like to go go back and say well I do say it is continuing a new story. What I like is that uh it well similar to the Star Wars movies um in Korra they have characters from Avatar come back. So like we we get to see Katara, we get to see Zuko, Toph, you know, a few others. And um and it's cool because uh while uh it's just, it's cool like it it goes to show like yes we um are connected to avatar and it's you know like if you have, if you've seen avatar when you when these characters show up you're like oh yes cool you know we get to see like an older version of them and it and it's you know they're still the same as they were back when they were kids and teenagers in the in the first show but um but it's to me them being there isn't like fan service like it's not like them being there feels natural. I mean, you know, like every time they show up, they have a purpose for being in that episode or in that season. It's not just like, oh, hey, you guys remember Katara? You remember Zuko? You remember, you know, Toph? <laughs> you know, you you remember this thing we did? The, you know, it's it's not just braining up a character or even a um, a joke or a, or a city, a location. It's not just braining up something from the previous show and just shoving it in there, at least in my opinion, you know, it's, it's, it's braining them in and having them have something to do like they do, you know, I'm, and they don't, and what I love too, is that they don't overshadow the main characters and the main story. They, they blend pretty well, pretty naturally, uh, in with, uh, the plots of the show and, and what's going on. Um, also I'd love to point out, uh, the villains, uh, another difference between the Legend of Korra and uh, Avatar is while technically you could say there were multiple villains in Avatar, uh, Zuko was a villain in season one, but in seasons two and three, he was kind of the anti-hero slash good guy, <laughs> you know, or got a bad guy trying to be good guy. So, you know, anti-hero. And then in seasons two, and then in season two, we had Azula, um, Zuko's sister. But throughout the show, there was this overarching presence of uh fire lord ozai so like he even though we had zuko in season one and azula in seasons two and three ozai was like the big bad that we had to eventually deal with you know like he was the he was the main man he was the main villain throughout the entire show and the beauty of it too what i thought was cool is that we don't see him we don't fully see him until the beginning of the last season we don't fully see his face or his body or anything until the beginning of season three, um, which just made that moment feel all the more awesome when we did see it. Cause it was like, Oh, that's awesome. You know, like that's cool. You know, cause, cause we, cause they had been building him up as this like badass villain. And then, you know, to finally see him in all his glory, uh, or well, glory in all his, you know, I guess badassery. <laughs> it it was it was cool, and um and you know and and so he was like and that and that's also with Avatar too is like you know we had uh yeah, there were some side quests but we had this main story that we had to tell, and we knew from the first episode well maybe not the exact first episode but we knew from the first season where it was eventually going to end up you know Aang was going to have to battle Ozai for control of the entire world, you know, or like, like for, or for freedom for the, for the rest of the nations. Um, and, 
But with Korra, each season has its own villain, and each season kind of has its own story, but each season is also loosely, well, not loosely, but uh, but each season is tied together to the next. Um, and the reason why is because the creators weren't sure how many seasons Nickelodeon was actually going to give them, so uh, they kind of left each season, they kind of wrapped everything up for, for each season, while at the same time still leaving some uh some cliffhangers and some some things left unanswered you know some possible yeah some possible cliffhangers just in case they were picked up for another season um so so if they were you know they could come back and you know start up a new plot so that's so that's why if you watch avatar and then the legend of korra there there's a slightly noticeable difference between like the story from avatar and the story from korra and and you know that's cuz like the story in Korra is kind of like four separate stories. I mean, it's all one story. You know, it's all about Korra trying to prove to the world that they still need the Avatar. Uh, you know, try, trying to, you know, bring peace to uh, a somewhat, to a, you know, to a, a modernizing world. Um, you know, she's facing all these political, this political and spiritual unrest from the public. And, you know, she's trying to figure out how to deal with all this. And, um, but, you know, we see that and, um, and, you know, it's just, you know, that's like, that, that is the, the, the story of the show. And, but, you know, like, but each season has its own conflicts, its own villains to deal with. And, uh, and the villains in the show are probably as good. They're, they're, no, they're definitely as good. Some might even be, be dare I say, better than the villains in uh, Avatar. Uh, I mean, you've got Amon, this uh, th- this very menacing uh, masked dude who can uh, blood bend people, and you know wants to like create a divide between the benders and the non benders of the world. Uh, you've got Unalak, Korra's uncle, who you know he has his own weird agenda where he thinks Korra isn't. You know, like she, she's um, embraced the physical side of being the Avatar, but ignored the spiritual side. So he's got his own plans in season two. We we fi- we meet Zaheer in season three. He's this mysterious guy who, uh, again, you know, some spoilers, <laughs> but uh, he he um, he's gifted the ability of airbending because of something Korra does at the end of season two, and uh, you know, we he has a whole team of people, and we find out he he's got something to do. He wants to go after the Avatar. And then Kuvira in season four, she's an Earth Kingdom member, um, more specifically a member of the metal-bending um, city of Zalfu. She was a guard for uh, Sue's uh, kingdom of Zalfu, and you know she wants to like take over the uh, take over the uh, United Republic because it was like Earth Kingdom, you know, uh, territory before it was you know claimed Republic City. And, uh, and, you know, we, we, we have all these badass villains and they're all great, by the way. Like, I mean, the only one who wasn't my favorite was probably Unalak. I mean, he, he was, he was good. He was okay, but he just, he wasn't the greatest, you know, but, but he was okay. But, um, but, uh, you know, each season had, had a great villain or good villain, you know, and, um, and I feel like the creators did a good job tying the se- the seasons' stories 
into one cohesive story. At least to me, it felt cohesive, you know. Um, and and each villain kind of, and they did a good job setting up the villains too. Like whether it was in the season before they became the villain, or that, or the season premiere of when they of you know their their uh, season to shine. You know, like whenever they were the villain of that season, you know. Um, they did a good job setting them up and they, and they set up their backstories for why they either want to capture the avatar, kill the avatar, or just, you know, take over the world or, 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 you know, like conquer territories, you know, like they, they set up their goals, um, well, and, and, you know, and, and they had really good, they had, yeah, they had really good motives and, uh, their conflicts with the avatar were really great. Because they all kind of had their own, you know, like I said, agenda with her. You know, they had their own plans for Korra um, and their own plans in general. So, but yeah, it, that, so, and and, uh, and also I love um, the side characters too in Korra. Uh, like Tenzin's sister and brother, uh, Kaya and Bumi, they're great. His wife, Pema, is hilarious. Or she she can be hilarious. She hasn't shown too much, but we do we do see her throughout the show. Um, uh, Korra has uh, a spirit animal. By the way, I forgot to mention each avatar comes with their own animal, uh, who's you know there with them at birth or like you know who they you know meet when they're born. You know, and um, like like Ains was a giant flying sky bison named Appa. And Korra's is a giant, well, not giant, but, uh, you know, kind of big, uh, a polar bear dog named Naga. And, uh, and the gender of the animal is also the gender of whatever the avatar is. So, like, Appa was a, a boy bison, or a guy bison, a male bison, and Naga's a female polar bear dog. But, um, w- but I think that's, that, that's pretty cool, too. Um... But yeah, we you know we get like the animal sidekicks. You know, we get uh, the president, uh, Lynn and Sue are. We get Toff's kids, uh, which is cool. And and uh, you know we get all these side characters. And I think my favorite side characters had to be uh, Varric and Julie. Uh, Varric's basically just this like kind of fast talking political guy who's like very rich, and he's just he can sometimes be a jerk. But he's like very, he he's very unpredictable, and he's he's sometimes he's too smart for his own good. But you never really, you're always enthralled whenever he's on the screen, like because he because you never know what he's gonna do next. Uh, he's just so in a word chaotic, you know, <laughs> in a good chaotic, not like bad chaotic. Um, and then he has this assistant named Julie, who, um, who's kind of the quiet, she's the silent type, you know, she just you know, like, whatever Varric tells her to do, you know, she just kind of just does it, and, you know, she's, she's just, I mean, you know, not saying she's just there, but I mean, like, she, she is kind of just there, you know, she's, you know, just serving Varric, and, um, and, you know, and they're, and they're, they're, but she has some funny lines here and there, but I love the character development that they have, uh, especially Julie in the final season, they, like, they go from, like, these, they go from this boss and employee to, um, to having feelings for each other. Like they, ha- they, they have this uh, relationship that develops in the last season and, you know, it's really cool and you're rooting for them. And, you know, Julie's like trying to express, um, to Varric how she feels, but Varric can kind of be tough headed. He can kind of be a dumbass. He can, 
<laughs> you know, uh, and he, he doesn't really see what's there, you know? And, but like, you know, throughout the whole season, you're rooting for him to get together. And, um, and I just wanted to, to point that out. I just, those are, they're probably two of my favorite characters in the whole show, at least side characters, but probably like overall, probably two of my favorite characters too. And just whenever they show up, it's just, a, you know, it's just great to watch. Um, because they're, they're just great. Um, but yeah, so I think that, uh, if I had to rate the shows, oh yeah, and by the way, uh, The Legend of Korra ended pretty well too. It didn't end with like an hour and a half, uh, finale. It was just a regular 22 minute episode, like the rest of the episodes of the show. But, uh, but it, it, it wrapped, it did a good job wrapping everything up and, um, and everyone ended up you, you got a sense of where everyone was going to end up. Uh, so it ended on a good positive note, I'd say. Um, but yeah, so overall, uh, if I had to rate uh, the shows, I'd give Avatar, The Last Airbender, a nine, uh, nine flying sky bisons out of ten. <laughs> and I'd give The Legend of Korra um, eight and a half polar bear dogs out of, out of ten. Um, Wait, did I say five? Wait a minute. Okay, Avatar... No, I think I said it right. Okay, yeah. Avatar The Last Airbender is nine... Is it nine Sky Bisons out of ten. And The Legend of Korra is uh, eight and a half Polar Bear Dogs out of ten. Sorry, for some reason I thought I said Avatar was eight... It uh, was nine out of five. But anyway. Um, but yeah, so... So yeah, like I said, um, Avatar is a little better. But The Legend of Korra is like really close. And in some ways, it's like right, like neck and neck with it, at least in terms of like the quality of it, you know, of the animation, maybe the animation might be even, like I said, even better, but it's, uh, it's on the same level of quality in terms of writing and, you know, continuing what was already a great show, you know, um, and The Legend of Korra is a show that stands on its own, but at the same time continues from a show, from its predecessor in a great way, and like I said, they're both great, and uh, if you haven't watched uh, either of them, I highly suggest watching them. Uh, obviously, start with Avatar first. Then when you get done with that, watch Korra or watch The Legend of Korra. They're both on Netflix and, you know, they were both just added. Avatar back in May um, and Korra back in August. So they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, although I do suggest uh, not watching the movie. I mean, if you want to, the uh, the movie directed by M. Night Shyamalan, although I haven't seen it, I've heard a lot of people say it wasn't good because it was just a very poor representation of uh, The Last Airbender um, or uh, of Avatar. And uh, it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't like very well written or directed. The acting wasn't that great. Like the, it didn't really do the show, the first show, Avatar, any good. So... I may watch it eventually just to see what it's like, but you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend you watch the movie. Um, because you know, a lot of the fans said it was terrible <laughs> and, um, but yeah, if you, it, but yeah, I highly suggest watching Avatar, the last airbender and the legend of Korra. You won't regret it. They're both great shows. And, uh, I was, I'm glad that I've, that quarantine, that this whole, virus crisis, you know, this, this whole mess has, uh, you know, allowed me to watch these two great shows for the first time. Um, 
so I guess that's it. Um, so I guess what I'll do next, uh, I bet you guys didn't expect this. I'm going to, uh, have another episode literally right after this one about, uh, the trailers that Disney plus released or Marvel released for their upcoming shows on Disney plus. And I'll also briefly talk about the announcements, uh, that they, that they made about the star Wars shows coming out. So, um, so yeah, I will see you guys in a few minutes and, uh, or I guess like right now, depending on if you listen to them back to back and, um, yeah, take care.